You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Wealth Tech on Deck. As you know, we talk with industry leaders each week about the confluence of human and digital advice, how to help improve financial outcomes for both investors and advisors. Today, Tricia Haskins, who is the VP and head of integration solutions across Fidelity's institutional business, is joining us. She helps financial advisors and their firms become more productive and effective through technology so they can better serve their clients. So, Tricia, it's great to have you on board. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome. Well, thank you, Jack. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Great. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So, Tricia, let's start by talking about your current and prior roles and talking in preparation for today's conversation. I know you've done a a lot of important stuff in the institutional business. You might describe that for those that may not know the distinction between institutional and retail at Fidelity and what that means. But talk a little bit about what you do on the re- have done on the institutional side. And I know you're uh, embarking on a new chapter of your career. So talk about all that if you would. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Yeah, so I'm the head of the Integration Solutions Organization. We're really focused on three key areas. Number one being Integration Exchange, which is our digital storefront that allows advisors and the firms that we work with in the institutional business to understand what integrations are available to them. Number two is the fintech marketplace, where we work with third-party tech vendors, specifically the ones that our clients are using and are interested in and want to integrate with. And then third, we're really focused on allowing the firms that we work with to customize and create their own personalized experience whether that be for their end investors, their end clients, whether that be for advisors or whether that be for their associates. So that integration solution encompasses all that and more. I'm coming from 10 plus years, heading up the technology and platform consulting team, where we were really focused on working with institutions across all segments. So, you know, RIA, single and multifamily offices, independent broker dealers, banks, you name it. We were working with all of these different types of firms on what we call digital empowerment. So how can you use technology to help grow your business, create scale and efficiency, and deepen relationships with your own clients? So it was really a natural lead into heading up integration solutions just because of the myriad different platform solutions and and different technology solutions that are out there that, as you know, you know well, have increased exponentially, at least over the course of my career, it just seems to be getting getting faster. So let me press in a little bit or lean in, as the saying goes today, to understand what's what you're doing before, more individual RAA or RAA firm focused, and now it's more enterprise level. What, why don't you just make that distinction between what you were doing and then I'm assuming the integration solutions you're talking about are, are bigger in terms of what's required. But again, please tell us. Great question. So the work before with the consult, heading up the consulting team, we would do one-on-one engagements with firms across FI. We'd also create different tools and thought leadership and insights that they could use. And then we'd also do things like workshops, how to increase adoption, how to think about integrations, how to evaluate different technology solutions out there. So it was certainly on a sort of client by client basis, but then also on a broader basis. In this particular area that I'm moving into, this is the integrations that have impact across FI. And when you say FI, you're saying Fidelity Institutional, right? The institutional business, yes huge fans of acronyms. So yes, yes, I know. Whenever I bring one up, ask me. 
<laughs> yes, please. I will do. So, but go a little bit further, if you would, on the fidelity institutional and bigger picture. What does that look like? Give me a, maybe an example of what that might look like in terms of the kind of work that you embark on. Sure, absolutely. So, one of the areas that we're working on is how do we work with those clients and how do we help those clients that are trying to create a personalized experience, right? So, what they're trying to do is create a user experience that is specific to them and to their clients. Now, there's a lot of different tacks that they can take, a lot of different strategies they can take to get there, whether that's leveraging something sort of out of the box with some tailoring, whether that's using some third-party solutions to help drive that, or whether that is using things like APIs, framing in of different screens to their experience, single sign-on, right, to make that workflow easier. What we're doing in integration solutions is driving the strategy to allow for firms to drive their unique experience and have that choice, that openness and choice to be able to create the right experience for them, irrespective of who their constituency is, whether that's, as I said, the internal associates, whether that's advisors, whether that's the end investors or the end customers. So it's a much more deliberate overall strategy on how to work through all the different optionality. One of the great things that we have as well is the team of consultants where the my prior role was their experts in helping firms think about that, how to deliver on that. Because oftentimes you're going in and you're making these choices and to have an expert there to help you understand how to approach the strategy what the pros and cons are, whether that's from a resource perspective, a time to market perspective, a cost perspective, whatever the case may be, they help those firms think about that and implement the solution that best meets their needs. So if I may try to summarize, what you were doing before is listening to your customer on their tech stack and how to develop that tech stack given the reality of today or whatever is available at that point. And what I'm hearing you, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, where you're going is how do you coordinate all the different capabilities at Fidelity, elsewhere, vendors, what have you? Clearly, our industry is moving more toward the API orientation. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming where you're going is more strategic and more how do you set it up? So what you were doing in the past, you're sort of laying the groundwork for the future. Is that fair to say? I think it's a great way to put it. It's very well said. You know, and we see Integration Exchange as that digital storefront that doesn't solely have one way of integrating, right? So it's not solely like an API storefront. Right. It has those third parties. It has the, you know, APIs. It has all the different ways that we can connect. We also have implemented features so that firms can understand where their data is going. Yep. It's really fascinating to think about how do you have data going to one portfolio management solution or another or whatever the case may be, and really understanding if you move from one to the other, making sure that it's only going to the place that you want it to go. So giving these firms more control over their data and their clients' data is really key. It makes it a really, really powerful tool. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about the future because I think we're simpatico yep. in terms of we, where we see it going. And if the future is API and their capability, the kind of that storefront or the, the advisors of front door, if you will, around technology, that will be the user experience mm-hmm. that they convey. It sounds like you're working more in I don't want to say back office, you're working behind the scenes and making that more powerful, more usable. And one of the challenges we see in our business is the coordination of all the elements, the planning, the data, the proposal, the ongoing implementation, the rebalancing, the asset location, allocation risk, you know, the laundry list of stuff. Talk a little bit about 
your view on where we are today as an industry and where you'd like to see it go. I imagine these are the sorts of things that you're working on each day. Absolutely, because there is this confluence of, and I like that you used confluence earlier, so I'm just going to steal it. Please. Of integrations and workflows, right? It's not just integration for integration's sake. It's what is the integration doing, both to the user experience, so they don't have to do that swivel chair, but also to facilitate the totality of that workflow, of that business process, to get from A to Z in a way, in the fewest steps possible, with the least amount of risk and making sure you get things done in a timely manner. So the point you bring up is an important one. Think about, and this is one of the things we did in the consulting group, was how do you think about all of, all of those workflows? What are the key steps? What are the key dependencies? Mm-hmm. What is the time frame? Who's responsible? And then once you get that process completed and you figure out what the, the most uh, ideal process is, then how do you automate it through the yep. technology tools that you have? So. If you think about the integration exchange and integration solutions, that's precisely what we're trying to do or what we are doing is, you know, with over 200 plus vendors on on the marketplace, innumerable APIs and different ways to do, you know, single sign-on and so on and so forth, providing those tools that will empower, remember digital empowerment, empower those firms' ability to facilitate those workflows in a really streamlined manner. Because one of the things... You know, we did see over the course of the pandemic, and this is not news to anybody, was that there was a real increase in the adoption of technology. It was a really interesting mind shift where what we would see prior was, I mean, change is hard for people. Change is hard. And especially when your own success and the success of of your clients, the people you're helping take care of, is it's such a relationship based business, right? So you mm-hmm. want to be want to be there for them, want to talk to them, see them face-to-face, whatever the case may be, that technology could sometimes be felt as something that could disintermediate the firms or the advisors. Explain that, because I, I think I know what you mean, but maybe expand on that if you would. So what we saw was that when it came to the use of some of these technologies, whether it be even something like an online portal or even sometimes e-signature, where these has historically been an opportunity for the advisor to get in front of the client and spend time with them and to deepen that relationship. If those things were done via technology or in an automated fashion where the advisor didn't have to be there at all, there was this underlying sort of fear that technology would disintermediate some of the value that they bring, right? Sure. When the value that they bring we talk about the advice value stack and fidelity of having that solid investment foundation, moving up to goals and helping clients achieve their goals, to helping them be free from worry, to helping them achieve their life's purpose. You know, we talk about the movement up that value stack. So the time spent with clients on different types of things like getting to know them better, getting to know their families, understanding what is their life purpose and things like that allowing technology to do those other things actually frees up their time to move up the value stack. So, you know, throughout the course of the pandemic, it forced people to move to some of these technology capabilities. And we found in our studies that that it actually had the opposite effect of it didn't disintermediate them. It actually helped them retain clients, right? Because they have these technologies that they can use and they can meet the clients where they're at. I mean, We've been on a lot of these video calls, you know, for sure over the past 
sure. a year and a half or so. And it's not, you know, obviously as wonderful as sharing a cup of coffee or sitting with somebody, but you are able to stay in contact with people. And there's something to be said, said about that. Yeah, if I could comment on that. One of the things I found, it's a different kind of conversation and there are different skills required just to relate with colleagues or customers or what have you. And one of the things I think that's, I know I've learned, is that I actually, once I understood my job was to figure out how to be more effective in that regard, I got better at it. And it seems to me, as I read and hear, talk to people about what the experience has been for advisors, they found actually they could communicate more effectively. Is That's my sense, but you're closer to it than I in terms of working with advisors day to day in terms of engaging in a way as they engage with their clients to help them get better outcomes. That's really what this is all about, right? You know what one of the interesting things is, is that we've seen some advisors actually, to your point, use it to deepen the relationship. So yes. you know, now you're on these Zooms or whatever whatever the call is, you're in people's homes. Yes. We've seen it where advisors have used it to provide them with the opportunity to get to know the next generation of, you know, within the family. Somebody where, yes. you know, that might not happen for a while. You know, and you get to see things that people are passionate about, you know, with the different books on their shelves and, you know, pictures and and things like that. that Or like Pelotons in the background or or guitars in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Don't you agree? I mean, that's what you're saying basically is I know you a little better just because we're talking in this way as opposed to sitting in a conference room. Absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, I've had times where my kids have come home from school or, you know, somebody wants an ice cream or, you know, who knows, you know, you get to know people on, and isn't that so interesting? Like, okay, we're not together, we're a video, but we're getting to know you in a more personal way. And I just think that is, you know, a really sort of interesting outcome that I would not have expected going into this. Let's talk a little more about that. Cause I coined the term confluence of human and digital advice about, I don't know, five years ago as a, a hope is an objective. My sense is, and maybe you can comment on it because you're steeped in the technology. That's what you do. That's that's your role. Talk a little bit about that combination, particularly going forward, because I'm assuming this all has informed the technology stack that you're, or the capabilities that you're making available and that you're coordinating. Talk a little bit sure. about that, about how it informs how you are strategizing, how you're developing a strategic vision around where you want to take integrated solutions. Well, first and foremost, it comes from the clients. And we have a number of listening posts in working with our clients, whether it's directly through different forums and steering committees, you know, and things like that, whether it's through the engagements that the consulting team has, whether it's through, you know, feedback from their relationship managers, you know, first and foremost, we want to know from our clients, what are you using? What are you seeing out there? What's important? Why is it important? Right. And so that is something that where we really focus. We also have great benefit in in Fidelity as a private company, some more leeway in terms of the innovation. And so what I mean by that, the Fidelity Center for Applied Technologies, which is really a think tank around what is going on in the industry, it goes beyond FinTech, but what a great group of just really smart folks who are steeped in some of the innovation, the things going on from an innovative perspective every day that we get the benefit of learning from. We also have within the institutional business, a team focused on research and thought leadership. And so just working with them on what are you seeing from uh, an adoption perspective? What are you seeing from a technology perspective? You know, there's a, a great study that they did really focused on 
the impact of COVID mm-hmm. on the financial advice community. And it just really, and that's where, you know, I was talking about the advisors who were, who were concerned with this intermediation actually found that they were able to retain clients. So getting ideas from all of these places and then working through them, seeing what's out there, making sure it makes sense, understanding how it fits in to so that overall open platform strategic vision. How can we also provide, you know, the right third parties that our clients are using and, you know, integration isn't a one-size-fits-all sure. approach. There are so many ways to integrate, whether it is, you know, through, to your point, the APIs and that, or, you know, sometimes it's a data feed and sometimes it's mm-hmm. bi-directional and sometimes it's single sign-on and sometimes... So there's a lot of different ways to do that. So really just focusing the strategy on open architecture, open platform, providing the choice, but also really importantly, providing the support that these firms need to be able to make informed decisions on how to move their strategy forward. I think we probably would both agree that the single biggest issue around this confluence of human and digital advice is advisor adoption. They have their habits, their way of doing business, and the world is changing moment by moment. And I'm quite familiar with Fidelity's resources in terms of strategic advisors and the think tank and in your day-to-day conversations between your consultants and advisors. So if everyone wants to do it better, but people don't like to change all that much. So how do you bring that together? In other words, where are we headed as you see where the future might be leading? And then you've got advisors that are kind of used to doing it a different way. How how does that translate? How do you meet that challenge? Because you're really trying to help them do a better job, but they may be reluctant as an example of adopting a new way of operating until it's proven by somebody else. So talk about that if you would. Well, adoption has always been a challenge. I mean, and I think it's not just in our industry. It's everywhere, right? Doing things differently is a challenge. And this is this technology is very sophisticated. And so how do you help folks to move up that curve, that learning curve, in a way that enables them and empowers them to do what it is that they need to do, which is really taking care of their clients. So one of the things that we did see in the study was that the pandemic accelerated the adoption of digital processes. And Interesting. We had 75% of the advisors agreed with that. So that is something we said in terms of the, at least the, the initial sort of adoption. The, but the reality of it is that technology changes all the time, right? So you have to think about what's the continued adoption. One of the things that we also did see was that firms were making technology part of their overall strategy, right? So it goes from Hey, what are the different tools, and who you know? Do we have to have a you know a CRM, portfolio management, documented, and so on and so forth? That becomes an overall part of the strategy that then empowers the goals of the business and the vision of the business. So, understanding at the executive level that this is important, we do care. Yeah. We are going to measure adoption, things like that. One of the key things is about ongoing training. So one of my prior roles, when I first got into this business, I went moved from small asset manager to advent software. And I was doing consulting and I would install the access Moxie Cube, all the products, data port, and then I would train them, train those clients on them. But you knew that you're only there for a couple days. And, you know, you're probably only going to go over 30% of what the functionality can do. And they're probably only going to retain, you know, half of that, you know, I'm guessing here. But so it's that ongoing training and how do you make it Mm -hmm. easy for Mm -hmm. folks to continue to get more and more comfortable 
with that. And that needs to be a key for you know that continued training. And make sure, for example, as part of your technology strategy that when new features are coming out, there's someone who's responsible for, you know, what are these features? Are they relevant to us? Who's impacted and where do we need to sort of increase the training? So going forward in the future, I see, you know, continued focus on adoption and advisors will, you know, continue to do that. And next gen, you know, Gen X and, and sort of Gen Y and so on will continue to do that. It's going to become sort of second nature. It's just they're digital natives, right? Yep. The use of integrations, that was an, another one where in this study, we found that advisors expected to increase both the number of technologies that they use and the number of integrations. Hopefully that does go hand in hand because you don't want to add a bunch of new technologies and not have them integrated. They'll see like the respondents in the study did, they're going to see the benefit of doing that. And they're going to see where they can add value because their time that was once taken up in, you know, paperwork and so on and so forth is being addressed in a different way, in a faster way, they'll start to see the increase in their client satisfaction, bringing in the next generation of investor and so on and so forth. So I, I just think there's a ton of opportunity here for those firms that are focused on this and really want to focus on digital empowerment. So Tricia, this has been a great conversation as I like to do as we start to wind down. I'd like to find out what are three key takeaways. We've covered a lot of ground and it's really been fascinating what are three key areas that you'd like our audience to know um, that might be beneficial in their day-to-day life? You know, I think in the latter part of our conversation, you hit upon it, adoption, adoption, adoption. And I think that that is important. How can we use technology to help deepen our relationships, help grow our business, you know, help create scale and efficiency. And, and one of the things we didn't touch upon, but is an important consideration is the importance of design, of user experience, you know, the de- design yep, thinking. So totally. How can you create that user design, that UX design that really engages your customer, that makes the complex simple and then leverage the integrations on the back end to help deliver on that? So I think that's area one. Area two, and this is really important to where and to my area and leading integration solutions is technology is not a one size fits all, right? So just because one firm gets great use out of a specific tech ecosystem and a certain way of integrating and certain different workflows and things like doesn't mean that that's right for the next firm. You know, whether it's two REAs, an REA, an IBD, a family office, whatever the case may be, it's not a one size fits all. So what is it you're trying to do? Think about your constituents, whether that's your end clients, and then there's sub-segmentation in there, whether it's your advisors and are they business development, are they relationship focus? Are they planners? And then your internal associates, your operations people, your traders, who are those consistent? And then how are you going to develop that foundation? And then those personalized experience for all of them. And, and data is going to be huge on this. Data and analytics is a huge area for us. And we're spending a lot of time and effort in, in thinking about that, how to help make those folks that are leveraging our, our technologies and tools, providing them with additional insights to help them grow and evolve their business and, and deepen their relationships with clients. And then I think the third one is it's great housekeeping. Continually evaluate your tech ecosystem. Continually ask yourself how you're doing. Continually ask yourselves why do we do it this way? Why do we do it this way? Not as a way to judge, but as a way to understand 
and then you can continually see how can we continue to improve. So I think those are just the three key areas where the firms and the executives at firms of those firms focus. They'll be well on their way to strong digital empowerment. Terrific. And it sounds like you might have some lawn mowing going on in the background. Did I, is that what I'm hearing? Oh, I'm sorry. I have my headphones on. <laughs> No worries. It's all part of the fun of uh, the times we live in. So You're getting uh, to know me better, so you know. Yeah, that, totally. <laughs> this has been great. Thanks for being our guest on Wealth Tech on Deck. This has been fun. It's, I've enjoyed getting to know you, Tricia, and look forward to our next conversation. So uh, until then, thanks for joining us, and we, uh, we appreciate uh, your insights and your perspective. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck, our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by LifeYield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.